Today's reading is from Revelation 14 and Romans 8. Revelation 14. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. From Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with them, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any, char any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors who, through, through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anyone else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Eric. Good morning. It's good to see you on the Lord's day in the Lord's house in the company of the Lord's family. God bless us in the time that we, we spend here together today. I have in my hands... A sermon that I wrote a little more than six years ago. It was dated for the weekend of, of, of October 27th, 2013. I never got the chance to preach this sermon. Because roughly 15 minutes before I was scheduled to do so back there in the booth, I suffered sudden cardiac arrest. Which means... My heart stopped breathing, or my heart stopped beating. My lungs stopped breathing. To be more to the point, I died. Now, I, I hope you don't think it inappropriate of me, but I had to chuckle a bit at the synopsis for today's worship service. It, it's printed in the worship folder for the sanctuary side of our worship service. It says... Death comes to us all, yet since none of us has experienced it, okay, I'm glad I heard a little bit of snickery in there. <laughs> it's okay, you can laugh, because I, I, I'm in a very unique situation. Whenever somebody says, you only go around once in life, I'm able to just smile and politely disagree and say, well, there, there are a few exceptions. On that day, God surrounded me with numerous individuals who responded promptly 
and appropriately. Some of them are here today. Jackie Rennick, Mark Zollner, Pastor Max, among others. And uh, as a result, I survived my encounter with sudden cardiac arrest. And now I have numerous stories to tell about my own personal experience with death. So I hope you don't mind. But today, why don't we talk about death? Now, if we were to be honest with one another, this isn't a topic we really relish having. I mean, for instance, uh, after I had been resuscitated and, and, and through the uh, AED and the, and the EMT was now transporting me to the heart hospital, Pastor Luther uh, quickly asked of Pastor Max, do you know where Dan's manuscript is? Uh, and, and so Pastor Max came running up and, and got it and handed it to him. And the, and the two of them began to, to scan my sermon manuscript because they now were going to be in the unenviable position of having to preach this. And so uh, let me just share a little bit about what they were looking at. Are you ready for this? The title for the sermon that day was Running Well, Finishing Strong. Oh no, it doesn't end there. <laughs> The text was 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Oh, it doesn't end there. <laughs> In my introduction, I quote a doctor, a cardiologist, no less, which, by the way, on that day at the other end of the building, as Scott Freeman will tell you, we had all sorts of cardiologists and heart doctors because Scott and Kathy were getting married that afternoon. And, but I quote a cardiologist who says, I'm at my best nearing the finish of a race. And then I went on. The day will come for each of us to finish life's race. Today we read how Paul was facing the end of his life. Now I don't know how far Pastor Luther got when he scanned all of this, but all of a sudden there came a point where he looked up at Pastor Max and he says, there's no way I'm preaching that, not under these circumstances. <laughs> Now, Pastor Max was brave enough to forge ahead, and, and, and he preached it uh, for me. Uh, but who can blame Pastor Luther in his initial response? I mean, for, for the two of them, in that moment, uh, the possibility of my death was looming large, and, and the thought of that was, was rather overwhelming for Pastor Luther at that point. There's no denying. Death strikes fear in us all, and for at least three very good reasons. First of all, there's the fear of the unknown. I want you to think of a child's hesitancy in tasting something new for, a very, for the very first time. I mean, there's this, you know, they kind of, you know, scrudge their nose, and they look at it, and they give a whiff of it, and it's like, you know, what, what if it doesn't taste good? What if I don't like it? What if it makes me feel upset? I mean, there are many individuals who go through their whole life, even into adulthood, 
having never tried certain foods simply because of the fear of the unknown. Well, that fear is even worse when it comes to death. And then there's the fear of separation. You see, by nature, God has created us to be relational beings. We do not like loneliness. We prefer the company of those with whom we share support, encouragement, affirmation, forgiveness, and love. It's hard enough when we have to say goodbye to a loved one who lives a distance away and we know it's going to be a while before we see him again. It's hard enough saying goodbye to a child when they head off to college. It's hard enough saying goodbye to a spouse who is leaving for an extended business trip. The separation caused by death is even worse. And finally, there's the fear of punishment. This was certainly a fear that Martin Luther lived with early on in his life. You see, the manner in which Luther was raised, as far as he knew, his knowledge of Almighty God, Luther was uncertain as to his eternal standing before Almighty God. The questions that plagued Luther were such as, you know, what if God, will God welcome me into his presence in eternity? Or will God condemn me to eternal punishment? For many, the closer death looms in life the greater that particular fear becomes. And that is why rather than deal with the reality of death in our lives, we so often find convenient ways. We, we become what I will refer to as death deniers. Despite the reality of death, we do everything we can to keep death out of the picture, to keep, keep, length, uh, keep death at length, even to the point where we don't even talk about it. Others, we choose to be death avoiders. Oh, we may have to talk about it, but okay, if we're going to have to talk about it, can we at least not use the word death? Can we at least not use the word dying? And, and so we find ways to kind of take the edge off, to, to, to take away the blow of the harshness of, of death. And we say things like, she's in her final days. He's undergoing palliative care. Grandma passed away. But deny it and avoid it to what end? It still comes to us all. But thankfully, my friends, God has given us another way by which each of us can approach death. So why don't we talk about it? In a previous congregation, I regularly visited a woman who was homebound. Her husband, Lloyd, somewhere along the way in his life had been burned by the church and had reached the point in his adulthood where he wanted absolutely nothing to do with church. And so on those occasions when I would drop by to have a visit with his wife, typically he would greet me at the door and, and he would say something like, so you're here to convert me? And I would say, Lloyd, I'm ready to have that conversation with you whenever you are. To which he would kind of retortedly say, not today. Well, there came a point where one day Lloyd was rushed to the hospital and he was not expected to live. When I arrived, his room was filled with family and close friends. Before entering the room, I, I, I asked his wife, I said, has anyone told him that he's about to die? And, and his family responded saying, 
No, we're, we're afraid it might upset him. <laughs> I said, he needs to know. And at that, the room emptied except for his wife and his children. And there were all sorts of wires connected to Lloyd, tubes coming out of his mouth and his nostril. And there was a desperate look on Lloyd's face. I sat down next to him and I took hold of his hand and I looked at him and I said, Lloyd, I guess I'm not about to tell you anything you haven't already figured out. And at that, he shook his head. I said, Lloyd, the doctors have informed your family that you probably are not going to survive the day. And at that, he kind of looked dejectedly down and, and squeezed my hand. I said, Lloyd, for some time now, you and I have been going back and forth about having to talk about Jesus. Lloyd, I think today's the day we have that talk. And at that, he looked up at me and nodded and squeezed my hand. And I shared with Lloyd the good news of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And as I talked of repentance and forgiveness, tears began to stream down his cheeks. And I asked Lloyd, do you believe that what Jesus did, he did for you? And at that, Lloyd nodded his head yes and really squeezed my hand. And then I reassured Lloyd of God's mercy, of God's grace, of God's forgiveness, of God's salvation, and of God's promise of life everlasting through faith in Jesus. And in that moment, all of a sudden, the look of desperation left Lloyd's face. And in its place, there came over him the look of peace. And although he could not speak, he looked at me and he mouthed the words as he squeezed my hand, thank you. Two hours later, Loy died. And he died in the confidence that whosoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but have everlasting life. My friends, rather than deny death, rather than avoid death, Jesus faith faced death for us by going to the cross of Calvary and then conquering death when he rose from the grave. And trusting that what Jesus did, he did for us, assures us of the forgiveness that is ours in his death and resurrection. And although death still comes to us all, yet Jesus has removed its sting and has set before us the sure and the certain hope of everlasting life. And with Christ's victory, that there comes that sense of genuine peace. We need not live in the fear of the unknown. We need not live in the fear of separation. We need not live in the fear of punishment, because Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, brings to us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. That is the very peace that came to an old man by the name of Simeon. Perhaps you're familiar with his story from the pages of Holy Scripture. When he beheld the Christ child with his own eyes and then held him in his own arms, Simeon praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, 
You now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And it is this very same confidence that enabled the Apostle Paul to write these wonderful words that were just read. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Having been transported to the heart hospital, my initial condition was still critical, unstable, and uncertain. Confronted with the possibility that this might be the last, my last moment on earth, my wife Sue sought permission for her and my oldest son Timothy to be in the emergency room with me. As she tells it, things were quite frantic with alarms sounding from the numerous medical devices to which I was attached. Sue sat closest to my head so that she could talk to me, even though I wasn't with it. And along with praying and, and reciting various Bible passages, my wife Sue began to enact the song of Simeon, of granting me a peaceful release. She spoke to me of her love for me, along with the love of Tim and John and Michelle and, and numerous other family members. She spoke especially then of God's love for me. And she spoke of the confidence that she had in Jesus' victory over death and of how Tim, Michelle, John, and herself would one day see me again in heaven. And then she said, Dan, I don't like the idea of you dying, but I know that death does not have the final say in your life. Jesus does. So it's okay. You're safe in the arms of Jesus. Go receive your crown, good and faithful servant. And at that, she kissed me on the forehead. And then as Sue tells it, something amazing happened. The room suddenly became quiet. The alarms on the medical devices stopped sounding. And one of the medical personnel in the room said, what just happened? Another said, he stabilized. Heart rate, respiration, all stable. Someone else said, all right, let's work our plan. And long story short, here I am today. First time Sue shared that with me. She brought tears to my eyes to have my wife do that for me. And I ask, how was it that she was able to stare death in the face and deal with it in the manner that she did? It was knowing that nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is for anyone who believes in Jesus, death does not have the final say in their life. Jesus does. And this is true for anyone who believes in Jesus as their Savior and Lord. As Jesus himself said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. My dear friends in the 
closing paragraph of that sermon that I never got to preach, I also wrote this. Each of us can be assured that not only does the Lord Jesus run the race with us every step of the way, but he's also waiting for us at the finish line to award us the crown of life. With the Lord Jesus Christ, we can not only run well, but we can finish strong. So how about we talk about death? And as we do, let's also be sure to talk about the one who gives us the victory through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds through your faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.